We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Well, we said we were done. We lied. We're going to do one more DFS uh, podcast on the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. Talking wildcard weekend, all coming up next. Happy Friday morning, everybody. One more time on the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. I am Scott Jensen, joined by Ryan Belongi. Uh, we are talking uh, talking DFS this weekend for Wild Card Weekend. I know we said we are done, uh, but uh, the, uh, the the DFS sites have some have some large contests weekend, so we figured we'd jump on and talk these five games real quick. Uh, two it was like the Saturday two game slate, the Sunday three game slate. Uh, just kind of uh, get you prepared. Obviously, a lot of people are playing DFS this weekend, so we figured one more week would probably be a good thing. Uh, Ryan, I thought uh, you know you were really happy you had me out of your life for a few months and uh suddenly you had to deal with me for one more week but how are you oh yeah i'm good no happy to be back i thought it might be a while um but yeah you mentioned big contests for these yeah. games a two game slate on saturday uh or yeah and a three game slate on sunday and then also a full game or a full saturday and sunday slate with yeah. five or six games uh that one has some good contests too so yeah um it'll be fun we usually do you know, we pretty much always break down full slates on yeah. this show, and now we have small slates, really small slates, which which are much different. Yeah, for sure. And I think the I think the Sunday slate got three games. I think that's like a little closer to what we normally do. And there's a lot of options in that slate. But uh, we're gonna do one. We're gonna do we'll do a Saturday uh, segment here, and then we'll do Sunday. We'll kind of break it down because the big contests are mostly split up. I know there are, like you mentioned, there's there's whole weekend slate. There's like six games, so you can play the you can put the Monday game in there too. But we'll kind of break it down. Um, slate by slate. Uh, let's start with Saturday. Uh, I mentioned Sunday is a little more normal than what we do. Saturday is definitely out of my comfort zone a little bit. It's a two-game slate, and one of them is uh, potentially dealing with a lot of weather. So it, uh, it's an interesting uh, interesting what to do here. We have the 49ers, uh, my 49ers, got the sweatshirt on, uh, at uh, at home against Seattle. Not what you expect in California, but weather is a big issue here. There's supposed to be a lot. Of, there's been a lot of rain all week. Uh, my mom lives up there, and there's something like rain of like 14 or 15 days. A um, lot of rain, a uh, lot of rain starting today. And then tomorrow morning, uh, the game's at 1.30 Pacific. But tomorrow morning, we're supposed to have big winds and big rain. And then kind of chill out for a little bit, and then rain after the game. So if that holds... You know, maybe we get fairly-ish normal game, although you know maybe the field's slippery and you get a little bit of rain during the game. But my concern here is that like that shifts a couple hours and suddenly we get a really uh, ugly game. And um, you know it, this game is actually really interesting DFS wise if it were regular weather. I mean the Niners' offense is humming really really well right now. The defense, especially guarding the pass, has not been fantastic last last few weeks. But um, you know Gino can get some stuff going. But with this weather, I'm a little concerned that we get uh, we get a little bit of a a mud fest and a lot of running the ball. Yeah, this weather throws it throws a big wrench into things especially yeah. on a two-game slate because you know on a slate like this i think it's the it's the exact wrong option to just sort of look at projections and plug in you know the best projected players and try to make an optimal lineup i mean if you want to do that you can play 50 50s or double ups but on a slate like this you want to script each game specifically and then make a lineup that fits exactly how you think each game is going to go um, so like just in general, you look at this slate and you see the Niners or sorry, the Seahawks with a 16 point total. Um, so I think it's reasonable to just fade Seattle entirely, at least from a sort of a cash game or optimal perspective. Uh, maybe you play 
Parkinson for min price at, at tight end if you if you want to stretch your lineup as thin as possible. Um, but yeah, I'll be paying attention to that weather. It's nice that it's the first game. It yeah. might like really impact the passing game. Uh, it might give Seattle more of a chance if it's really crazy weather. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna. I don't know. So like, how if if we get bad weather, would you be off the passing games and the receivers, or like how would you handle that? It's hard, right? Because you just said you like. I think wind is the big thing with the passing game, but both these teams, like the Niners, stop the run for the most part. And like, if Seattle's going to compete in this game, they've got to throw the ball. I just don't know if they can. I mean, it, and that that rules out. Like, it gets crazy monsoony kind of weather, and win, then it becomes a total toss up, which is you know, as a Florida fan, really scares the hell out of me because the Niners are a ten point favorite, and I think that's uh, you know have the talent edge. They beat them twice. They went twenty seven to seven in week two. 21-13, not quite as close to score indicated in week 15. But, I mean, the way that uh, the way this game could really get close, you get a game where nobody can do anything. And then all of a sudden, it's tied at random, you know, who fumbles, who hits that one big play, what DB slips on a, on a slant and goes for 60 yards. It's just, I get concerned with, with that level of weather. But let me, let's, I think we'll kind of take the weather report. We both read um, Kevin Roth with Roto Grinders. There's a lot of uh, really good work on weather. And kind of that, that report was, you know, really rough in the morning, rough after the game for the most part. Um, you know, you could kind of deal with stuff in game, but yeah, I mean, you, I, I there's, there's no way to avoid it. It's only a two game slate though. So you can't just like cross the game. I think, it, I think it was just like, this is like week 15. You and I both just cross this game off. Like, it's like, we have 13 games. I'm not going to mess with the game that potentially is in a, in a monsoon. So, um, but yeah, I mean, the Seattle offense really slowed down in the second half. Um, you know, the Niners have a much better defense than Seattle. I would like the Niners offense a lot in this game. If it was just a, you know, a regular weather game. Uh, it's tough to get really behind Seattle. They had one touchdown in 20 offensive possessions against the Niners in two games during the season. Like, that's really rough. Um, the one guy I do like, uh, we'll kind of get it position by position. I do like Tyler Lockett on the Seattle side a lot. I think the Niners are going to get after Geno. And when they get after, when they, when Seattle has to throw it quick, it's usually to Tyler Lockett in the slot. Um, he's been, he was really active in both games against the Niners, been active lately. The Niners have been giving up some pass game stuff. Charvarius Ward is their best defender in the secondary. Will was on DK Metcalf pretty much exclusively in the week 15 game. So like strategy wise, it seemed like they were like, let's shut down. Let's do what we can to, you know, DK's going to get some, but do as much as we can to shut him down. And Lockett kind of runs around and he'll have Lenore on him, some Jimmy Ward, and he can, he can probably get, he can probably get his in that matchup. Yeah, I agree with pretty much everything you said. I, I really like the Niners in this spot. Um, weather aside, I was planning on playing Purdy with McCaffrey and at least one pass catcher. You know, Ayuk and Debo are both pretty cheap. Kittle's been smashing. Uh, as far as Seattle, um, yeah, I wasn't too excited about Seattle. Yeah. After, you know, they sort of it's been playing their worst football, I would say, of the season. And San Francisco's defense is really good. Um, you know, if the weather is decent, and you'd expect Seattle to play to be playing from behind all game. And yeah, I like Lockett, uh, especially because I don't think people are going to play Lockett. And I think one one pass catcher on Seattle should have a pretty good game uh, if you're expecting them, you know, to be down for most of the game, double digits in the second half, maybe. Um, one thing I was thinking about as far as McCaffrey, you know, he looks like a great play, almost like a lock. Um, but you could see in there's other good running backs on this slate. Um, and you could see in a blowout maybe that he just doesn't get enough work. Maybe he doesn't score touchdowns and you have Eli Mitchell there that could also uh, come in. So, yeah, I, I don't know. Like your thoughts on McCaffrey, I guess, in the San Fran running game? Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, McCaffrey's pretty much a lock for me. I think I'm just going to go that way. But it depends. Like – Let's, I guess we talk about the other game on the slate because I think it matters because Austin Eckler's in the other game, and that's kind of – I think it's kind of an either-or for most people on, on Eckler McCaffrey. It's hard to play both, and I think you probably want to play one of them. But the Chargers are at Jacksonville in the night game. Uh, Chargers are favored by one and a half. Over-under here is 47 and a half. Over-under in the Niners game as of now is 42. That could move up or down a little bit based on some weather. Um, these teams played uh, played in week – I think it was week three, and uh, it was 16-10. to 10. Jacksonville, suddenly they rolled up. They scored the next 22 points. They won 38-10. to 10. That was the week, you remember, that uh, Justin Herbert got hurt the week before, so he was definitely banged up with his rib injury. Um, the Chargers are a hard team to figure out. They're 1-5 against teams with a winning record, so they beat up on bad teams. Um, neither defense is very good. Like, they're both the, – I would put them both, you know, bottom half probably. Uh, the Chargers have the second most explosive plays of anybody in the NFL, plays of 30-plus yards. They're the worst defense in the NFL on first down. Like, if you look at this game, I think this is a game that I would stack if we were in a regular season spot. Like, if they were a 12-game lineup, I would stack this game. So, I think that 
the the hard part of this slate is everybody's just going to play Chargers and Jacksonville guys. So it's kind of figuring out which ones to play and who to slice in from the spice, you know, sticking from the other game. So um, it's just a weird setup where we have two games there. They on, on paper, they look very different offensively. Yeah. Um, so starting Eckler is going to be a big decision point. Yeah. Uh, I think, I think people will try to play McCaffrey and Eckler quite a bit of people. I don't think I want to do that, um, especially so just for the Chargers. I want to play Keenan Allen for one. Um, he's. Are you going with the, is that either way or is he going with the assumption that Mike Williams is not playing? I think either way. Um, I, I, think just, he's, I think he's not going to play, but just I was going to ask that. Yeah, just either way. I just feel like in big spots like the playoffs, you know, Herbert's going to look for his favorite target. Yeah. Um, and Allen's just been seeing a ton of targets, and he looks healthy. But as far as Eckler, you know, I remember five or six weeks ago when I said I thought Eckler might start seeing less targets with Keenan back, and then he caught, like, a, yeah, I think 11 passes on 15 targets or something against Arizona. But I was going to say, that, I was gonna say do, do since then, for sure. Yeah, after that, I mean, four straight games with four targets. That's like... You do not want that if you're rostering Austin Eckler, who gets there mostly on receiving volume. I mean, of course, he rushes for touchdowns, and he can have big games on the ground, but he usually doesn't see a ton of carries. And so, I mean, if if I want to roster Allen, it sort of just makes sense for me to fade Eckler. Of course, you can stack that game and play both of them. That's also an option. Uh, But just for me, that was the way I was leaning. Yeah, it's tough. If you go McCaffrey and Eckler, that leaves you $4,700 average salary for the rest of your lineup. So if you don't play, you, I assume you just, if you do that, you play Purdy. I guess you play Purdy or Lawrence in that situation. They're pretty much the same price. That leaves you about 4600 So you got to go, you know, cheap. You mentioned Kobe Parkinson. You go cheap tight end. You go cheap defense. Uh, and you could probably do it. It's just you're you're definitely sacrificing a lot of stuff to, to get those two in. Yeah. But it's the two best running backs on the slate. You know, there are ATN and, and this is a good running back slate. It's a horrible receiving slate. Keenan Allen, you mentioned, I love, but he's, he's the top guy at 7,000. We have, I think there's like four guys in the other slate that are over 7,000. So um, let's talk about, I guess, the quarterback receiver stack. It sounds like uh, I, I think we're in the, in the same place here. Justin Herbert is 6,600. Keenan Allen, 7,000. This is the way I'm going to play it. Um, I think that you could definitely go with Trevor Lawrence. Uh, if the weather looks okay, you can go with Brock Purdy. You can go with Geno. You can play all of them. But I think that Herbert Allen um, looks pretty good to me, especially if Mike Williams doesn't play. You got to think that a lot of that stuff funnels over to uh, Keenan Allen. Um, I know Justin Herbert's been a disappointment this year, but I think he's it's clear he's been better the second half of the season. The the touchdowns haven't been there, which is like kind of the one thing is a weirdly low and probably a little bit fluky touchdown rate. Um, a lot of that Eckler has run a lot of stuff into, but uh, you know QB won six of the last eight weeks seems to be playing his best at the right time of the season. I, th- I think we're getting a big Justin Herbert game. I probably said that a hundred times here and have not been right all that often, but I think this is a week where I really do like Herbert. Uh, Jacksonville's been. Had a run like week six to 16. They got smoked by quarterbacks. They faced uh, three scrubs last three weeks. So they've gotten a little bit better, but I just don't, I don't, I don't buy it based on who they faced. Um, I think this game's going to go over the total and I'm just going to, I'm going to get as many guys in here as I can. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, I I remember talking about last week on the podcast that I think I lost more money on Justin Herbert (laughs) than any other quarterback in DFS. Um, But I agree with you about this spot, and Herbert is quite a bit cheaper than we've seen. He's been above 7K on most of these slates. Yeah, 7'3", 7,200, 7,200. I mean, so it's a pretty good discount. I definitely agree with you that the low touchdown numbers were somewhat fluky. Um, so, yeah, he's pretty cheap. And if if Mike Williams is out, it's just, it just makes that stack look really good. Herbert, Keenan, and a second pass catcher even, pretty much whoever you want. Um yeah, that's how my you, favorite. How do you think? Uh, how do you think roster ship breaks out at quarterback in this league? There's only four of them. Herbert sixty hundred, Lawrence is fifty seven hundred, Brock is fifty five hundred. You like how I go just first name with Brock now? That's he's yeah. he's, he's he's risen to he's, that level in my mind. He's um, the man. Yeah, he is the man. I, I love it. I, I really hope it goes well in the playoffs because I, I want this to keep going. But and then Geno's fifty six hundred. Do you think that? Uh, I mean, my thought was Herbert's first, Lawrence's second, Purdy's third, and Geno's a pretty way down fourth. But what do you think in terms of roster ship? I think you're right on the money. I think Herbert's number one. Lawrence will be next. And then Purdy. And not like huge gaps between all of them. And then, yeah, Geno way down there. Weather, 49ers defense. Although I think, you know, the way you beat them is via the pass. But one touchdown, 20 possessions that we talked about earlier. I think that 
a lot of people are just going to be like, I don't want to play Seattle guys in this. If you're in a tournament, you know, that's a, there's only four quarterbacks. If you want to take the lowest rush of one by, by a ton, um, right. I wouldn't, fi- I wouldn't fight and you very hard if you wanted to take no, a shot that way. It can make a, like a quick argument for it. You look at the numbers on Herbert and Lawrence, just the, the fantasy numbers, They've scored under 20 quite often. And yep. I mean, that could happen here. The running backs could be the ones getting the touchdowns. Maybe yep. the game goes under. You know, Gino might only need 17, 18 points and could maybe get that in a trailing game script. So, yeah. you know, there's it. You could and play him credibly. There's stacking options too. You could play him with, you could play him with DK and Tyler Lockett. You could play one of those receivers with Coley Parkinson, who's 2,500, opens up a lot of other stuff. You can come back with McCaffrey that way. So there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of ways to play it. I think that there's some argument for it. I would, uh, and I think there's an argument for Brock too. I mean, he, you know, he led the NFL in YPA and had the top passing rates in the middle starter, which is just, yeah, I like Brock. Like, like it's crazy that that's the stat. I mean, I I don't know what, I don't know what's going on here, but I love it. it, I, I really like Brock and I want, I will play him if the weather's decent. I was looking; his numbers are crazy. He's thrown at least two touchdown passes in every start. Yeah, it's and I it's, mean, it's silly. It's crazy. Yeah, you just feel like the night if you know if the Niners sort of dominate, like I think they will. He's just going to be in the red zone a lot and could fall into three touchdowns. I mean, yeah. So has, I, I would he has incredible weapons too. Like it's, yeah, it's and nice. they're cheap. Those receivers yeah. are pretty cheap. So yeah. I will play Purdy if if the weather's okay. And then last guy, Trevor Lawrence, um, you know, this is a good matchup. The, the Chargers are, are bottom eight in YPA and quarterback touchdown rate. Um, you know, it, a lot of depends on whether he gets pressured. Lawrence is definitely a guy that is not as good when they get pressure. If, if Nick or Joey Bosa, I'm going to make that mistake 20 times on the slate. But if Joey Bosa plays, it sounds like he will. It sounds like they're expecting him to. He was a little banged up last week, but it sounds like he's been practicing going to play. He impacts, impacts the pass rush a lot. If they get after Lawrence, I think that's the way they win this game. Um, but, you know, Lawrence has been a quarterback one in nine of 12 weeks. An interesting slate where there's this, you know, I think all four quarterbacks you can make a case for, which is, you know, doesn't really help people. I'm going, uh, I'm going Herbert as my main guy, though. Yeah, me too. Um, so I like Trevor Lawrence and I like Trevor Lawrence stacks, but um, there's other things that come into this decision. I mentioned probably being off Eckler, at least in my big spots. And that's because I like Travis Etienne in a really good spot. So I'm planning on playing Etienne and then that sort of just takes me off of Herbert or sorry, of Lawrence anyway. Yeah. So yeah, um, I think it's Herbert for me and then Purdy. And then you mentioned running backs. We talked about uh, Christian McCaffrey at 8,500. Eckler's 8,100. I think we've kind of hit on them enough. But Travis Etienne, I mean, is a spot that we love. We love running backs against the Chargers have, of all year long. They're not 5.6 yards per carry. Uh, ATA was rough last week against Texas. We kind of thought that was going to happen. The Texans are defense. Uh, the, or, who the, was it Texas last week? No, Titans, sorry. Texans would have been good. Um, the Titans, uh, we're talking about, you know, can't run against them, but you can throw against them. But he had 100-plus yards total in his three prior weeks before the Tennessee game. Um, he's not very involved in the passing game, which I don't love, but this is a game where they should be able to run the ball. I think they will be able to run the ball. I think they'll want to run the ball. Um, 18 at 6,000 makes a ton of sense, and I assume a ton of people are going to go there when it's like, it's like, it kinda, I think a lot of people are like McCaffrey or Eckler and then ATN or Walker. Like the way the slate breaks out, it's, there's only four running backs. You, we'll talk about Eli Mitchell in a second, but you know, four main running backs and two of them are the same price, two others are the same price. So I think that's a, a lot of people are going to go one from the top, one from the bottom. And I think easily everybody's going to ETN. So I worry the percentage will be really, really high there, but you got to like, you got to like the spot against the chargers. Yeah, I do. And I agree with you. Uh, I see like ownership projections have them relatively close. But yeah, I think I, I think yeah, it will I don't, separate. I don't think I don't think they're gonna be close. Yeah. I mean, they no, me either. I think it's gonna separate quite a bit. Um, obviously, that's a reason to take a chance on Kenneth Walker for the same price. Um, yeah, I really really like Etienne here. You mentioned the spot against the Chargers. That's a spot I want to target for sure. Um, it's and, he's cheap. It, it's unfortunate that he doesn't get work in the passing game, but I think he will catch a couple passes. Um, and yeah, he's just cheap. Uh, and can I, I can bust one to the house at any point, and the Chargers give up big plays. Like it's just, uh, it, it's a perfect, it's a perfect spot for a guy who's six thousand. Walker's fifty six hundred. Um, you know, I, there's a bunch to say here. He gets the ball a lot. He has hundred total yards his last three games. But and then actually the best run D in, in the NFL. It's three point three yards per carry. Um, you, so my favorite stat of this weekend: the Niners have given up hundred total yards to one running back all season long. Do you know who that running back is? Oh wow. 
Um, I can give you a hint, but it's too easy. It makes the it makes the makes the question so much better. But I'm gonna give it to you anyway. Uh, he currently plays for the 49ers. <laughs> no, um, it's Christian. McCa- it's Christian McCaffrey. Oh wow! I would have never guessed that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, why? I why? Why would you think that as you're thinking about it? He, 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 I mean, when, when the, you said he plays for the 49ers, you were like, you're like, going, what? What random veteran do they trade for? Is it Tevin yeah, Coleman and, or something like that? And, no. and, <laughs> yeah, and then after that, I was like, what, Eli Mitchell. What, <laughs> you know, I, I didn't even, I didn't even think of McCaffrey. <laughs> I funny thing is, I saw the stat. I'm a 49ers fan. I saw it written out like that. Like it's the only any place for the team, and I'm like. My thought was, what veteran did they sign that I didn't know about? Did they sign, you know, someone I didn't, didn't hear about? But it was McCaffrey. It was I forget what week it was, but they played Caroline. He had 104 total yards, something like that. So that's my that's my stat of the week right there. I love that one. But I mean, they just have not given up stats to running backs. It was a little bit. Josh Jacobs did a little bit, I think, a couple weeks ago. But it's just, and the game script is against him too. Like if the Niners get ahead, they're a ten point favorite. Like they works against Walker also. But he has really nice talent and usage for the price. He's 5,600. You take his talent, you take his usage. And the thing with Walker is, you know, I don't, you don't love a running back like, a, say, a Zeke Elliott against the Niners. Like, he's just going to, like, get five yards a couple times. But, like, Walker, if he hits one, can hit one. So, like, he's a guy that, you know, if he does break one hole, he only takes one. Like, he could get there. Um, yeah, if you're, trying to get, if you're trying to get different, I think that ATN's going to be way more, way more rostered than, than Walker. Yeah, I agree. And, uh, yeah, I think Walker makes – Perfect sense. I, I hope I can get to him in some spots. You know, he, you mentioned he can break one. He's also cheap, you know, just like pass interference in the end zone and a one yard touchdown. Like yep. that might be enough. Like, yeah. Um, so or, yeah, or one re- missed tackle and he goes for 60 like that. I mean, the exactly. Niners are awesome against running backs, but he can hit a big one and, you know, Dre Greenlaw or, you know, Al Shire misses a tackle and suddenly, you know, I don't think Hufunga's not catching him. So it's one of those things that you can build a, build away. And he's a, he's the type of guy where I don't like a plotting running back as the Niners at all, but a guy who can a big play, I think it makes a little more sense. Are there any backup running backs you consider playing this week? You and I both mentioned Eli Mitchell. He's 4,700. If the Niners get up, I think they'll pound Mitchell. And Eli Mitchell is a, a way better backup running back than almost anybody in the league. Like, he's a really, really good player behind a good offensive line. Like, he, he scored two touchdowns last week on five carries. He had 55 yards. Uh, but we I forget last year. He was really, really good. It's just that, you know, Christian McCaffrey's there too. But uh, I think they're going to use him. I think they want to use him. I think he will get touches. Uh, I think he kind of he kind of fills in, make, makes it so Debo does not get a lot of carries. You just give him to Mitchell instead, and that makes a lot of sense. Uh, so Mitchell's 4,700. Are you going to play him at all? Or are there any other backup running backs you're playing on the small slate? I think the only one would be Mitchell. And yeah, me too. Yeah, I think, I think I'm going to. Um, <clears throat> it, it, I think it's a way to get different, too. You can play him with McCaffrey, even. I think that's interesting. Yeah, um, I like that. You can play him, obviously, without McCaffrey, and maybe he gets the touchdowns. But, you know, McCaffrey can – McCaffrey doesn't need uh, a ton of volume – to crush and he can even do it in the first half in the first three quarters and Mitchell yeah it doesn't take much at that price um especially like on a two-game slate he only needs to outscore two guys he doesn't even really need to but if he were to outscore Etienne and and uh Walker which is totally possible I mean look at Etienne's game log he's under 15 all the time he's under 10 if he doesn't get in the end zone so yeah I think it's a way it's a good way to get leverage Without like, yeah. Do you strategy wise? Do you ever play a backup running back? You're like, oh, I'm in a tournament. If someone gets hurt, suddenly I fall into a lot of usage. Or is that is that a strategy you play or not really? I I can't I I can't do it. Um, I don't either. I know some people that do that, and it's just like I guess you're just hoping to get lucky. But I'm usually trying to like build a lineup. I guess you see working out. So I don't do that either. Um, I think Mitchell's the only backup running back I would play here myself. Also. Uh, wide receiver is interesting on the slate. We mentioned Keenan Allen. We both really like him. Uh, you know, he's second to Justin Jefferson in targets since he was back. He's first in catches in the NFL, first in receiving yards. He's back. Like Allen's been really good since he's been back off the uh, off the injury. Uh, 102 yards and two touchdowns last week against the Broncos. He's seven thousand. That is the most expensive wide receiver on the slate. And there's only two other guys over. 6,000, I believe, which is both Seattle receivers. We've got Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf are 6,200, 61. I guess Mike Williams is in there too. He's 61. I had crossed him off because I don't think he's going to play. Uh, but obviously he plays. He gets in the mix too. But um, what do you do at receiver this week? Are you going Allen, one Seahawk and a cheap guy? Are you going Allen, two cheap guys? I guess it depends on what you do at running back. But uh, who? Uh, what do you do at receiver here, like with the Niners guys, with the Jacksonville guys? What's kind of your overall thought on the receiver slate, on this uh, receiver group on this slate? Yeah, so I, re- I really like Keenan Allen. Um, I just – you know, I, 
he he seems like just for sure going to get double digit targets at least yep. in my mind um and yeah like it's it seems really safe um and then after him like, like a jaguars receiver i was thinking jaguars have cheap receivers zay jones yep. ton of pe- a ton of people are going to play zay jones uh he's been 5k or above the last 3 weeks and now he's 4300 um i think you could even Take a chance on Marvin Jones if you want a cheap punt for thirty four hundred. He's been seeing a good amount of targets for that price, and he scores 20, some touchdowns. Uh, 20, 23 the last four weeks. I, I like yeah. that play too. I think that's that, really cheap for a guy in kind of on this in this getting in that game and getting a, a cheaper guy there. Yeah, agreed. Um, and the the Mike Williams news obviously important. If he's out, Palmer is a good option. Carter is a good option. Um, but yeah, just from like a general perspective i like keenan allen with the jaguars with jaguars and chargers um you know we've talked about the seahawks they're fine um but i was just not leaning that way yeah it's funny listen to chargers players and they think that mike williams is going to play so it's like i I, it's one of those ones you got to check and i mean i think that i think he's going to give it a i I mentioned earlier i don't think he's a play i actually think he's going to give it a shot i read a couple more things where they think he's going to give it a shot i just don't know i mean last time he came back from his ankle he made it like three plays like he's a guy that does get hurt and he scares me so if he's active if he's active do you consider playing him or he's going to play allen and not worry about it no if he's active i think i would play him because i think like yourself people are a little worried and yeah. i think people wouldn't play him but it's a back bruise um it doesn't really worry me at all for for a receiver. So yeah, I'd be totally fine playing him. Okay. Yeah, you're. I, I'm probably a little more hesitant, but uh, it seems like uh, you know he hasn't practiced. But I, Brandon Staley's quote was the reps aren't what matter; the rest is. So maybe they're planning it this way, and but maybe they're just saying I don't know. He, he's questionable. Uh, I, I hope that by Saturday, you know, noon Pacific, we'll know. Like, I think they probably should announce it, or you know, I don't think they'll. Kind of, I don't think it'll be a game time decision kind of thing. Maybe, maybe, maybe he needs to warm up and check. But uh, obviously, you have a plan for if he's ruled out, and you know, you could put somebody else in, like Christian Kirk's that same price. You can just slide him in. Um, you could, you could kind of do that too. But what about the 49ers receivers? We've got uh, Brandon Ayuk is 5800. Has been, you know, he had a kind of a slow start with Purdy, but has been Purdy's guy for a while here with Debo out. Debo's 5,700. Uh, Josh Palmer's in here at 5,300 on the Chargers if Mike Williams sits. Um, do you have a preference between the, to the two 49ers guys? Because Seattle, uh, we talked about Seattle not being able to stop the run. Seattle stops the pass really well. They allowed 100 yards receiver once all year. Yeah, I was hoping you'd um, <clears throat> you'd give me a preference on one of these guys. They're the same price. Um, I, w- I will, I will. by the way. Yeah, okay, both, and they both are cheaper than we're used to seeing, um, especially Debo. Um, I don't know. And when Debo is healthy, I just think he always has two touchdown upside. I mean, yep. that, that price is very, very appealing. So I, this is just a, just a gut feel kind of thing. I don't, they, you know, you could both, them, both, they, both of them do their thing. Uh, Seattle's tough against wide receivers. Um, I think I actually lean this week to Debo. I have a feel that Debo, it's going to be a Debo week. We haven't seen a ton of Debo. Uh, he's been hurt and they played, they've been like 70% of snaps last week, but you know, they kind of just got him a couple plays. Um, hit a rushing play, but you know Seattle's good against lot just lining up against wide receiver. I think they're going to move Debo in some packages. He'll catch some wide receiver slings. I think Debo's going to hit a big play in this game. Um, only two receiving touchdowns all year, three rushing touchdowns. I don't think they're going to use him a ton in the rushing game just because Eli Mitchell's back. They've got uh, you know got Jordan Mason as running. They got a lot of running backs right now, but I think Debo's going to make a play. I think it's going to be a wide receiver screen or slant. Going to take one, uh, take one to the house. Um, I think that uh, I think Kyle will have some plays drawn up for him in a game like this. Where you know maybe he takes one slip on a wet field. I think that uh, I think they'll have two or three plays drawn up for Debo coming out of him being injured, not being a, not doing a ton. Uh, I think they're going to unleash Debo this week. I'm going to play him at 5700 over Ayuk, even though you know every listener to this knows how much I love Brandon Ayuk, but I think this is a Debo week. Yeah, I'm a big Brandon Ayuk fan too. Uh, he's so talented, but Debo, yeah, this is the playoffs. I mean, and yep. it, in in bad weather, I would like him almost just as much. I mean, he's yeah. the type that score long touchdowns in, in bad weather. I mean, he breaks tackles. He's, I mean, he's, Debo's amazing. Um, we see him make plays that pretty much he's the only guy in the league that can make certain plays. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I love Debo at that price and don't mind the bad weather for him either. 
Yeah, I think I think Kyle's going to get him in a couple spots where give him a chance to make a play, and you know, give me that. I think they'll draw up a couple things for him, especially design, and I, I love that in a game like this. Just, just takes one big play. Cheap wide receivers. You mentioned Zay Jones, fifty three hundred. DeAndre Carter, thirty six hundred. If Mike Williams doesn't play, I think he becomes really interesting really quickly. He had five targets last week, played forty one snaps. And you mentioned Marvin Jones too. Those are the cheap receivers you could you could pick from. I think that all of them, you know. And again, it's late like this. You're you're looking to get a, a thirty five yard touchdown, and you're good with one of these guys. But uh, real quick before we get into the Sunday slate, what do you do at tight end? We have George Kittle at fifty nine hundred, and then a bunch of cheap guys. Ingram is forty two hundred. Gerald Everett is thirty eight hundred, and then Colby Parkinson. 2,500, you got Noah Fant in there also if you want to play. But, you know, Parkinson's played more snaps than Fant the last couple of weeks. Um, I think people will go to the punt play there pretty quickly. He had uh, 36 yards of touchdown two weeks ago, 47 yards on uh, 10 targets between the two weeks uh, you know, over this last couple of weeks. So I think a lot of people will just go Parkinson and punt it. Fant's 3,100. What are you doing at tight end at this in this slate? Yeah, I think Ingram will be the most popular. You know, it makes sense what he's done to, yeah. to finish the regular season. And, yeah, then I think Parkinson – will actually be next. Um, people will just see that 2,500 and the fact yeah. that he's playing more snaps than Fant and been seeing targets looks yeah. pretty good. Um, I think should that be, makes... Should be, could be trailing a bunch. Like, there's just a lot of passes Definitely. there. It makes a lot of sense. Can you... Definitely. Can you, do you find yourself getting up to Kittle at all or not? I I wanted... Yeah. If the weather is okay... I sort of Seattle, Seattle's to. horrible, horrible against tight ends all year long. Yeah, and and my, the main reason was because he's going to be like the third or fourth most popular tight end on a two-game slate, which is weird for yeah. a player like Kittle. I mean, look, he's got seven touchdowns in the past four games. When um, they when they get in the red zone, per, like Purdy talked about it last week. There was a play where he caught a cor- touchdown to the quarterback in the, cor- in the end zone. Nearly, Purdy was like looking at he talked to talk it through is really interesting and talking about it. You know, George doing this. I think George can get open. Like he's looking for Kittle in the red zone. Like that is the, yeah. the he when he gets a little bit of trouble or maybe a little pressure in there, he like wears 85 and he just throws the ball to him. And that both of his touchdowns last week were kind of scrambly kind of plays. And um that's what you want out of your quarterback. You want to you like who are you looking for in the red zone? It's it, it's it's Kittle a lot of times. Yeah. Um and you know, it's one of those things where if Kittle was gonna be fifty percent. I'll fade him, but at twenty percent, right. it just it just makes a lot of sense. Um, so yeah, I guess yeah, I will have some exposure to Kittle, weather permitting. Um, and then I think Noah Fant is a really good play, just because I think Parkinson will probably end up being like twice as owned. I don't yep. know, maybe even more in different contests. I don't know. And you know, they'll be out there about equally and probably targeted about equally. Um, so I, I like Fant in tournaments too. Yeah, I, I, it's funny you said that because if I, I looked at it closer and I think that spending the 600 bucks there gets you really different for the essentially the same player and the same offense. Um, yep. I like going to fan a lot. I think that's a really good way to save some, some percentage there. Uh, we got to play a defense on this slate. Uh, the Niners are 3,600, Chargers 3,100, Jags 2,700, Seattle 2,400. Uh, obviously, the Niners are the best defense here, but most expensive. What do you do in a defense though, when you got to put one in here? Yeah, I mean, I think the Niners are clearly the best play. I want to play the Niners if I can. Um, on a two-game slate, though, any of these defenses are playable. I mean, any of them, uh, even like especially the Seahawks, even as, yeah. as the cheapest defense and as probably the least popular defense. Also, that construction can just get you different because there's a 1,200 difference between the Niners and Seahawks. Um, so and it just allows even you to if do the, different Even things. if the weather looks like not horrible, like, yeah, I think that that's probably your bet. You don't, you don't want horrible, horrible, because then you suddenly, you know, run the ball 50 times. But if you get in between where you're like, oh, I, it kind of kind of work, and they're like, oh, we can throw the ball. Man, one slip, one tip ball. Seattle has good DBs. Like, I think that uh, I mean, there's a little bit of weather, and it's slick out there. I think Seattle at 2,400 is actually a pretty good play, and you just hope they make one play. Absolutely. And I mean, you got to remember, this is, it's, it's still, this is Brock Purdy's first playoff game, a guy that's, you know, played a, a handful of starts. I mean, yeah, absolutely. I would be, I like the Seahawks. We, we love the guy, but I don't think there's any, there's no way to doubt that we're, we have to see what he's going to do. And the playoff games are a completely different animal. Like it's a different monster out there. They've been rolling. There's not been a lot of pressure. If they get down, you know, they get down 10-3 early. Like, what are we going to see? And I, I think that he'll be fine. I think he's going to respond well, but I can't say that for sure. We haven't seen it before. We don't know. He's a seventh round draft pick. He's, uh, you know, you could get someone, you get a situation here where he can make some mistakes. And that's the way that, that's the way Seattle wins this game. Yep. Agreed. This Rotowire podcast is brought to you by my favorite meal kit, Factor. I gave Factor a try, and I can tell you firsthand eating better is easy with Factor's delicious, ready to eat meals. Every meal arrives fresh, not frozen, and they're chef crafted, dietitian approved 
and ready to go in just two minutes. Every week, you'll have over 35 different options to choose from, and there's something for every diet, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. And there are more than 60 add ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. So, what are you waiting for? Get started today and get after those wellness goals. One of my favorite things about Factor is the convenience. We're talking meals that are good to go in two minutes or less. You can fuel up fast with Factor's restaurant quality meals that are ready to heat and eat wherever you are. There's no prep, there's no mess, no cooking, no cleanup, none of that. It's perfect if you have a busy lifestyle and you can't dedicate an hour plus each day to preparing lunch or preparing dinner. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. Factor also offers options for every meal. Pancakes, smoothies, you name it. Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, dinner, whatever you need, Factor has it. Factor is also tailored to your schedule, so you can get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals each week. Plus, you could pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. We've done the math. We've run the numbers over here. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be both nutritious and delicious. Head over to factormeals.com slash rotowire50 and use the code rotowire50. That'll get you 50% off your order. That's code rotowire50 at factormeals.com slash rotowire50 to get 50% off today. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Let's jump into the Sunday slate. We got three games on the Sunday slate. They are Miami and Buffalo, which is kind of ruined because of the quarterback situation in Miami. Like, this would be a really fun game if Tua was playing. They, they played two games early in the season. It was 21-19, 32-29 with two in week 15. With Skylar Thompson, Miami's defense is just a disaster. I think they're like four and a half yards of play. They're 6.7 yards per play with Tua, which is one of the better uh, marks in the league. 4.5 is, is brutal. Uh, Miami's bad uh, bad on defense on the road. This opens up really well for Buffalo. Miami's like, you know, way better at home on offense, way better at home on defense. It's just they're not a very good road team. It's going to be in Buffalo, obviously. So that's uh, that one looks tough. Buffalo's favored by 14 points for a reason. The Giants at the Vikings. Uh, this is our lowest, our one low spread in this three-game slate. Minnesota's favored by three. Fascinating game. They played uh, They played in week 16. Minnesota won 27-24 on a 61-yard field goal to end the game by Greg Joseph. They're favored by three. Over-under here is 48. And then at night, we have the Ravens-Bengals, another game that is kind of messed up by quarterback situation. Lamar Jackson is out, not going to play. Cincinnati's favored by, I think, nine and a half. Over-under there is 40 and a half. So, uh, you know, we have two low games with two, with a big spread and then one big total with a, with a low spread. Um, I didn't think we'd be in the playoffs. Everybody's going to stack Giants-Vikings, but I think that's where we are. Yeah, that's where we are. Uh, everybody's going to stack Giants Vikings. At least I think so. It's just it's clearly the best spot. And then when you combine it with the pricing in that game, it's crazy. Um, Cousins and Jones are both under six K. They're both just too cheap in this spot. Um, Justin Jefferson, eighty six hundred, too cheap in this spot. He's been above nine K five straight weeks. He got up to ninety five hundred. So there's there's huge discounts in this game look uh the giants wide receivers richie james 3900 i mean yep. that's way too cheap hodgins 4100 is too cheap um you even have osborne and hawkinson for the vikings too in good spots so yeah um 
it makes a lot of sense to stack that game. Yeah, and I mean, Minnesota's going to probably get the worst defense in the playoffs right now, at least. They're not playing well. Um, it's wild. The Giants had the had the lowest number of 20-plus-yard plays in the NFL. They had 43 of them, but five of them were in their game against Minnesota. Like, it's just even, – even the Giants who don't hit big plays hit big plays against this Vikings defense. They had, a, they had their season high in yards in that game. They had 450 yards in that game, 445 yards in that game, too. So, I think everybody's going to stack that game, too, which uh, makes me ask you, of the other two games, which are you going to get different and, and maybe maybe you could build a stack between them? Um, so, I still like Bill's stacks. Um, I kind of always do, even in these spots. Allen can throw for three or four touchdowns in three quarters and blow them out. And, and the, the weather's know, supposed to be fine, too, which is, you know, January in Buffalo catching a break there. Yeah, and I just I just can't stop playing Gabe Davis, and now he Ugh. just continues – to get cheaper now he's under 5k i mean he had 10 targets last week and he dropped that long touchdown that was just i had all the gabe davis yet again last week and that was just brutal but I, gabe, he's da- cheap. gabe davis is, it's playoff time it's gabe davis time that's what it's what he does is show up in the playoffs and score four three four touchdowns right so you know i'm considering the bills but i'm considering the bengals as well because burrow i think is going to be the he is going to be the fourth most popular qb on this slate yeah, I just don't, I don't think people want to go against the Ravens defense. No, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, it's for a reason. It's it's not a great matchup against the Ravens defense. Uh, it has the lowest total on the slate. But for me, it's, it's a leverage thing. I always talk about how Burrow's been on so many winning lineups when nobody plays him. I mean, he, he can crush in any spot. So, yeah, I, I like Burrow for tournaments if I'm going to get away from that Giants-Minnesota game. And you're talking about the second-best quarterback, second-best offense of the slate being the fourth-highest roster on a, on a short slate. I mean, I think that uh, that's my spot, too. If I'm going to go away from Giants-Vikings, for me, it's Burrow, and you got to hope that – I mean, I know the Ravens' defense is really good. They're allowing the fewest touchdowns per drive in the second half of the season. Their offense is, is rough right now. But, you know, if they can hit, like, one big play or one touchdown or J.K. Dobbins can break one, just keep Cincinnati throwing. I think that uh, – you know, Burrow with with his two weapons, I think makes a lot of sense if you want to be a little different. I mean, fourth fourth highest rostered. I mean, I just there's no way I'm not gonna have a lineup with Burrow because I think that's that's a spot where you can just you can you're gonna get him that different. Uh, I think I think it works really nicely. I, I mentioned nice weather in Buffalo. As a California person, I should I should preface that it's 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 like around freezing, but no winds, no snow. Like for for this time of year in Buffalo, it's pretty nice. It's not gonna affect the game very much. We've got we have no other weather. Minnesota's in a dome. Um, Cincinnati's gonna be like 40 degrees to kick off and light winds. Uh, so it's, it's, it, it, none of these games are affected by weather. It's just the Niners game we talked about earlier, but, uh, let's jump into the, like the quarterbacks here. You mentioned, uh, you know, Burrow, maybe, uh, you know, fourth, uh, highest rostered, a good spot there. Um, do you have a preference in the, in the giants Vikings game? I guess we have first question. Are you leaning towards playing cousins or are you leaning towards playing Jones? And if, if you do stack that, the, the high total game. Yeah, I just never play cousins. So I, I mean, I'll play Jones. He, he, uh, you know, part of that, I'm sorry, part of that might be me being, you know, a Packer fan and just never, never wanting to play Cousins right. and the Vikings. Also, by I, the way, I, I want I, you to know we've gone 38 minutes and you brought the Packers first. Yeah, sorry. I, 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 I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't do it to you. I appreciate you not <laughs> leading with that. That yes. was brutal last week. Oh, um, but anyways, Daniel Jones has been really good. And yeah. I think he's playing the best football of his career. Um, he's been a better passer. He's, we know he's a great runner. Um, so I, you know, and I think the Vikings are a bit fraudulent. Um, I, you know, wouldn't shock me if the giants win this game. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I like Daniel Jones with, with one of his cheap wide receivers and, and Jefferson. Um, again, though, if you like the Viking side, they're the same price. So cousin stacks work just as well. But give me Jones. All right. Yeah, I can see that. The funny thing is, you look at this matchup. Daniel Jones had 334 yards in this game a few weeks ago. He only had 300 yards twice all year. Was only 230, over 230 yards twice all year. So, like, this is a this is a huge – he threw the ball 42 times. Um, in Minnesota's 30th in YPA. It's a great matchup. I think I'm actually going Kirk Cousins. Uh, 5,900. I uh, – you know, it wasn't a great year for Cousins, but still finishes QB 12, but, you know, lowest uh, completion rate since in the last, like, five years, uh, career low YPA. 
but he was really good against the Giants. He had 299 yards and three touchdowns this game a few weeks ago. The Giants blitz a ton, and Jefferson, like, it's just dangerous as hell. Like, he, you can't, if he get, they, you, you pick up the blitz at all, like, Jefferson's open. Like, you can't single cover him. Uh, Cousins played against the blitz really well in the first matchup. The Giants blitz a ton. I think he's going to exploit that. So, uh, I like Cousins for some big plays. You can stack him with, you, obviously, I'm going to play Jefferson, I think, on almost all my teams, but you can put him with, you can put KJ Osborne in there too. It's expensive, but you can put Hawkinson in there. He's got a ton of work. You can play Thielen if you wanted to. I think I'd play Osborne over Thielen just based on recent matchup. But the key with this is you can you can come back on the Giants side. You mentioned that the Giants receivers are all cheap. Richie James is thirty nine hundred, and I think I imagine I say everybody is you know exaggerating, but everybody's going to play Richie Jones this week. I mean thirty nine hundred uh, with is he forty forty one hundred? I messed that up. Thirty nine hundred. He is thirty nine hundred. Yeah, it's. I mean, he's a ton of work lately. Seven plus catches in three last four games. A lot of targets. That price is way too cheap on a short slate. I, I thought I thought he'd be like five thousand. I couldn't believe when I saw him. So there's just there's lots of ways to come back with it. We'll talk about running backs in a second, but uh, I think I'm going Cousins over over Jones. I'm probably going to end up regretting it, but uh, that's my play there. And obviously, I think Josh Allen is the the top stack in this slate if you can get there price wise. Um, he finished a quarterback two to Patrick Mahomes this year, so he he, he didn't get his, his three in a row quarterback ones, but still a great year. A little bit rougher in the second half, but. Uh, you know, I think that uh, it, it's a great matchup. Miami allowed a lot of points to quarterbacks when they play on the road. The only issue here would be game script. They are a big favorite if they get way up. Maybe they stop it, but I'm not. I'm not as worried about that. A playoff game like this is playoffs. You're gonna you're gonna go you're gonna go pedal the metal at least for three and a half quarters. Yep, I agree with everything you said. He, he killed Miami too in week 15. Four touchdowns, 304 yards, 77 yards rushing. I think I, I had to look, but I think his absolute uh, top fantasy game of the year. So, uh, you know, we know we talked yep. about we talked about Giants Vikings, but uh, but Josh Allen always playable uh i'm not playing skylar thompson how about you oh no chance yeah <laughs> uh, yeah alan that was his highest uh okay. fantasy points in the last matchup against miami and in the first matchup against miami he threw for 400 um <laughs> in in the week three matchup yeah. and so yeah i mean he's probably gonna crush uh, running back is, uh, we got, we got three guys I'm going to put in the quote unquote expensive tier. Uh, Saquon Barkley is 7,900. Dalvin Cook is 7,100. Joe Mixon 6,800. Uh, Mixon and Cook have been disappointing. Uh, Cook's been really bad the second half. He was like under three and a half yards per carry. He hasn't explosive plays. Joe Mixon had hundred rushing yards once all year. We talked about that. That was the five touchdown game where he went crazy. Um, what are you doing with this tier? I think, you know, Barkley's probably the guy that everybody likes, but Minnesota's really hard to run against. They were under four yards per carry, and he's 7,900. He's a little, he's a little more expensive, but what are you doing with these three running backs? Yeah, I think the first thing I'll say is just all of them are fadeable. It's sort of like we're, you look at the first slate, and you're like, oh, I don't know if I can fade McCaffrey right. or Eckler. I mean, you got to play those guys. Um, yeah. These three, yeah, they're all, they're all decent plays, but – None of them are a lock, and they've all been relatively inconsistent. Yeah, I do like Barkley the most. Um, he had 10 targets in that other matchup against Minnesota, caught he eight did. passes. Um, yeah, I, I like Barkley the most. I guess I don't have a strong take on the others. I, I don't feel like a need to roster either Cook or Mixon, though. I, uh, you're going to be surprised because I always love Dalvin Cook. I actually like Joe Mixon in the spot at 6,800. I think what I like is the fact that – it's hard to run against Baltimore, but Mixon's been really involved in the passing game recently. He is his last three games he played. Obviously, we tossed out the Buffalo game that, that was uh, you know postponed and canceled. Uh, but he had six targets against Tampa in Week 15, nine targets against New England in Week 16, and then five more targets against Baltimore last week. He, he they kind of he, he only played 36 snaps last week. They kind of rested as they got ahead, and they didn't, they didn't go full go in that game. But you know, yet you're talking about 17 catches the last three weeks. I really like that for Mixon this week. I think they're going to find that. You know, we can't run the ball here. Let's just let's just spread it out. Let's go. And I think that part of that's going to be instead of runs, let's just get Joe Mixon a, a screen pass or a, a quick, a quick, a quick play and see what we can get him the ball in space. Um, I think Mixon in a PPR setup this week works really well. I play him over Cook, which uh, most weeks, as you know, I, I usually am a Dalvin Cook guy. But that's uh, a great matchup too. The Giants allow a lot of rushing yards, but I think I'm, I think I'm mixing over Cook this week. So I, as I broke it down, I'm surprised that that's where I landed, but uh, that's why that's why I went. Yeah, I'm with you too, especially if we're going to be playing Vikings pass catchers. Yeah. Um, just makes sense to play Mixon. Uh, mid-range running backs, there are more options here than there were in the other slate. Uh, J.K. Dobbins, 5,700. Uh, again, playing well, been good, but Bengals are going against the run. We've got Jeff Wilson at Buffalo. Hard to get behind this game. Should get 5,400. Sounds like Mostert is probably not going to play. He's a thumb injury, but you know that's the one you want to know the injury report on. But he might be the main guy there. 
And then the Buffalo guys, Devin Singletary is 5,500. James Cook is 4,800. In a game where we expect them, I think we both expect them to be leading, uh, you know, being able to run the ball the second half. Um, what are you doing with this uh, this group of four guys? I think the Buffalo guys would be my preference. Um, just feels like you're going to want some Buffalo exposure on this slate. I can yeah. just, I can already see myself just tilting out of my mind when Singletary has two short rushing <laughs> touchdowns. You yeah. know, it always happens in, in, in these spots. Um, so I, I like one of the Bills running backs for sure. Um, I'm not. It's, it's a tough matchup. Miami allows 3.7 yards per carry. I actually, I mean, the question is. Do they trust, trust Devin Singletary because he's been there more in a playoff game? Or is this like, this is the time to unleash James Cook and it's playoff time. Like, let's fully get him going. I think I'm leaning towards Cook. 4,800. I like that maybe you catch a couple of passes. Maybe it's hard to run against. Um, I think Cook gets a big play at some point in this game. I think I'm leaning Cook and saving the money and really ramping up elsewhere. Yep, I'm leaning Cook as well. Uh, just in, especially in these matchups where the Bills are double-digit favorites and Cook is cheaper. Um, you know, if this, if this was Bills-Chiefs, then I'd probably lean Singletary. But Makes yeah, I'm with, I'm with you on Cook in this spot. Any any J.K. Dobbins at all at 5,700 before we move to receiver? Um, I don't mind it. I don't know if I'm going to get there, but it it just it makes sense. Uh, and, he can score. And, and Gus Edwards may not play. He had the, I think he was yeah. in concussion protocol last week. Uh, Dobbins has been explosive. 17% of his carries have been for 10 plus, uh, 10 plus yards, the third best rate in the NFL. Uh, the Bengals are good against the run, 3.9 yards per carry. But yeah, Dobbins is a guy that, you know, you could hit a 40 yarder and then, then you're good. But, uh, receiver. Cra- we- sorry. Oh, sorry, ahead. Scott. No, yeah. It's crazy to say, it's crazy to I agree with you, but it's crazy to say that Dobbins has been explosive. Do you remember a few weeks ago that, yep. that video of him breaking away? You, I honestly thought like, oh, he's done for the year. We're not I did see too. Him. I was like, he's going to run out of bounds and we're never going to see him again. And like, he right, like exactly. I'm, he was like limp. He was like, had a giddy up and it was wild. I, I thought he was done too. I agree with you. Yeah, but, that was crazy. And he rested last week, which I really like. I didn't play him last week. So I think that that helps him there too. Uh, receivers this is a great receiver slate. We've got four absolute top of the line stud wide receivers over 7,700. Uh, we talked about nobody's over 7,000 on the Saturday slate. This is like, Chock full of awesome receivers. Justin Jefferson is 8,600. Jamar Chase is 8,100. Stephon Diggs is 7,700. Tyler Tyreek Hill is 7,700. They might be the top four drafted wide receivers in drafts next year. Like these are stud wide receivers. Obviously, Tyreek Hill has the Skylar Thompson problem. Um, I, I, I actually, it's funny. Last night I built lineups with Jefferson and Chase because I love them so much. Trying to figure out what I could do. It's doable, but uh, what are you doing this top range? Because Jefferson, Chase, and Diggs are all in really good situations. Yeah, uh, they are. I think just going to have to be off Tyreek Hill with Skylar Thompson. Uh, but yeah, Sucks, I was gonna... right? Tyreek is so fun and so good in playoffs. Like, but like, it just it's so hard to pay the money over these other guys. Yep. Um, but I agree. I was going to say I think you can play two of these guys. Yeah, I um, do too. I don't see how you don't play Jefferson. Um, I really, yeah. I'll, I... So I like Jefferson the most. I guess. Um, I think you ju- as- I think you just play Jefferson. I think that, I think like, so too. I I don't think that I may if you want to be a little different somewhere and be but like I think my main lines I'm just going to start with Jefferson and, and build around it. I think so too. And I, I guess if I have to pick between Diggs and Chase, um, I think I go Chase um, because I think I think he's going to be less popular just a little bit. I think he was unlucky not to have a bigger game last week. I think um, maybe the game script might not work out for Diggs to see huge volume. Yeah. I, you know, of course he still might, but Burrow's going to be looking for Chase and he can he can crush in any matchup, especially one like this. So yeah, I think Chase would be my second favorite. Uh yeah, I'd like to disagree and make it interesting, but that's that's the way I'm going to. I I, I think I am going to try and do what I can to get lines I like with Jefferson and Chase in them. I know it's really expensive. Uh, I love Stephon Diggs. As you know from listening to me this year, I just think that, you know, 14-point favorites, I don't think Miami, if they get behind, like Miami's not going to be able to score. It's going to be just kind of a – it could be a gross uh, second half. Although it is the playoffs, so maybe they keep pushing it. But uh, I would probably go Jefferson Chase. Not that I don't like Diggs, just I'd love the other two guys uh, this week, especially Jefferson. We have a couple studs in the mid-range too, unfortunately. One of them is is tied, tied to Skylar Thompson as Jalen Waddell, uh, 6,400. You know, a guy that I, I think I'd probably – if I had to play a Miami guy, I'd play him. 
and save the money because I think you know you just hit that big play. You're just hoping for one big play. So give me the thirteen hundred dollars in savings and you know hope it's a while that hits the big one. They have T Higgins down here at sixteen hundred. I really like T Higgins this week too. Um, he was bad last week. One catch for seven yards, but still had seven targets. The targets are there eight, nine, and seven. He's been quiet lately. Thirty-five yards or fewer in three of his last four games, but sixteen hundred feels really cheap for T Higgins here this week. Yeah, that's a big discount on Higgins. I yeah. I agree. I I like Higgins as well, and he's also a leverage option. He is not going to be popular on this slate. Um, the Dolphins obviously are the ultimate leverage. If you, yep. you mentioned, if if you want to play Waddle, so again, like it, game theory strategy wise, you're yeah. going to find yourself like they're both studs. They both have big players. Are you going to try and play one of them just to be totally different and you know get them at a low a low roster number? No, okay. <laughs> I mean, it makes total sense. You know, I'm I'm not that much of a game theory guy in, okay. in my single entry stuff. You know, if I was playing 150, playing those tournaments where people put in 150 lineups or putting in a ton of lineups, then yeah, it makes sense. I'm not going to pull the trigger in my single entry stuff. There's just, there's other ways to get different. I think that that's forcing it too much on a slate where these wide receivers, there's so much opportunity cost. I may uh, I may drop one Waddle in a lineup just because I think you know they're gonna they're gonna have to throw the ball the entire second half and I, you know hope maybe he gets a garbage one or, or a cheap one but I would have to do it and save the money I don't think I can do it with Hill it just with other guys right around him it feels like you're just trying too hard at that point so I think a little bit of Waddle for me but uh, definitely no Hill and I, lo- I love Higgins in the in the range here then we drop down to cheap guys there are a ton of cheap guys in this line in this, this slate. You mentioned uh, your best friend, uh, your friend uh, Gabe Davis is forty nine hundred all the way down here. Uh, rough year. He was super hyped too. I mean, it was like draft season and in season long leagues. He was moving up every week and he was getting in, the, in those top rounds. Uh, had ten targets last week, only three for thirty nine. Dropped the touchdown you mentioned. Um, only seven targets or more twice all year long. Uh, hasn't topped fifty six yards since week eleven. Uh, he only has uh, he had thirty seven and fifty six yards in two games against Miami. But, you know, great quarterback, great matchup. Miami, we talked about the Miami pass defense on the road has been really bad. Um, it all lines up for Gabe Davis, just the fact that it's been Gabe Davis all year. Um, 4,600 for Osborne, 4,500 for Thielen, Slayton, and all the Giants receivers are down here. Slayton's 4,200, Hodgins 4,100, Richie James 3,900, Demarcus Robinson. We haven't talked a lot about Baltimore pass uh, game for a reason. You know, we got no, uh, no Lamar Jackson. Tyler Huntley's probably going to be the guy. 3,500. And then uh, Tyler Boyd and Cincy is 4,000. What do you do with this range? There are a ton of options down here. Yeah, a ton of options here. You mentioned, I don't know how you don't play Richie James. Yeah. Uh, he should be 5K for sure based on what he's done recently. So, yeah, love Richie James. And Hodgins as well. Hodgins as well. Um, four touchdowns in his last five. Um, so a great price on Hodgins. Yeah, Gabe Davis, you know, it's always – it, it, it's all it always seems to be lining up well for Gabe Davis but then it just hasn't ever happened um, do you but do yeah, you think this, people are gonna you think people are gonna play him at that price because I think people will I mean yeah definitely definitely yeah. they will and not as much as the Giants but under 5k like it's just too cheap I mean he doesn't need volume to get there he he catches deep touchdowns so yeah I think it's I think people will play him, and I think it's a fine option. I, I might play some as well. I, I like K.J. Osborne for sure over Thielen. I think you mentioned that. And then Tyler Boyd. I like Tyler Boyd as well because he's going to be less popular than all these other guys. My, it's my favorite favorite play on this slate. Yeah, I mean, he's one of my favorites too. He's in my lineups right now. It's just yeah, 4K is crazy. Like, why is he 4K? He, like, he was 6,300, 6,500, always above 5K pretty much until recently. But, I mean – now nah, these are the spots I like Tyler Boyd. You know Burrow's going to look for him. I I love Tyler Boyd. If he was four thousand on the other slate, he'd be like eighty percent roster. He like, he, but we have so many. I mean, you have James, you have Hodgins, you have Osborne, you have Gabe Davis. People played Demarcus Robinson. He's the wide receiver one on a bad team, but I love Boyd at four thousand. I mean, look at the targets last three weeks have been five, four, and seven. Not huge, but. You're also talking about targets coming from Joe Burrow. Like this is not this is not like oh well, we're playing a cheap guy with Skylar Thompson or even Daniel Jones. Like this is we're playing with Joe Burrow. Um, the Ravens have allowed the most catches to slot receivers in the NFL too. Like the Ravens defense is really good, but their one spot where maybe they're a little bit weak is, is slot receiver. Boys can lap in the slot a ton with with Chase and Higgins outside. You're gonna have to cover him with a, a nickel corner or a safety. Um, I love Boyd to make a couple plays in this game and at four thousand. That is a uh, it's a big part of my lineups.
Oh, you just went on mute for a second. Sorry. Yep. No me worries. too. Me too. Uh, I agree hundred percent about board Boyd big part yeah. of my lineups too. I, uh, I like that a lot. I think it's gonna be a lot for me. It's a lot of Boyd with James and expensive receivers and kind of figure yep. out the rest of it. Um, <laughs> Tight ends real quick. We have Mark Anders at 5,200, TJ Hawkinson at 5,100, Dawson Knox at 4,000, Mike Gesicki at 3,200, and then you got down to Daniel Bellinger at 3,000. Um, I kind of like Mark Anders this week if I can get there with the price. There's a lot of cheap receivers. Mark Anders is 9 for 100 with Huntley in week 17. Uh, they just have no wide receivers to throw to. If they get behind this game, like they have to throw the ball and do something. Um, I just think Anders is going to pepper with a ton of targets. And I think he's... Uh, I think Talkinson probably people, you know, want that game, that offense more, but I think I prefer Andrews this week uh, Talkinson. Yeah, me too. And I wasn't expecting you to say that. I know. And I, I thought you were going to say Hawkinson, obviously Hawkinson's a good play, but yeah, I like Andrews as well, especially because he's going to be less popular than Hawkinson. Um, so have, I agree they there. Nobody, they're going to have to throw at some point. They have nobody to throw the ball to. Yep. Um, you And yeah, I, I agree. Um, I think, I think you could play a lot of these other guys too, though. Um, I assume a lot of people play Dawson Knox touchdowns in four straight weeks on the best offense with the best quarterback. Miami's bottom 10 against tight ends. Like he's not a big play guy. Only it's over 60 yards twice all year, but at 4,000, I I just assume people are going to just like take that as the easy route. Yeah, I do too. And I I think people will also play Hurst for 3,100. Yeah. Um, I think I'm thinking about even, I'll play Bellinger if I'm going to play Jones. I don't mind that. I think he can catch a touchdown for 3K. Um, I even think you could play Mike Gesicki for leverage on this slate just because he's so cheap. I, uh, Look, four, I, I like the Gesicki play, actually. Yeah, four catches on six targets. And for me, that's the kind of guy that you play with Skylar Thompson. Agreed. Um, so, yeah, I think we're on the same page there. Yeah, I. it's funny. I think I'd play him over Bellinger, and I think I'd play him over – uh Knox is tough but if I need to save money I definitely play him over he'd be my he'd be my low price guy over Hurst and Bellinger just based on the, how the targets looked last week with Skyler and like Buffalo's gonna get after Thompson it's just really alive like oh get the ball out of my hands there's Gusecki five yards I mean I just think in a PPR setup at, in a game they have to throw the whole game I do like if I'm gonna if I'm gonna play someone in this game with the the, the game script I think it's gonna be Gusecki at 3200 rather than spending up for the other guys Yep, I agree. Um, I guess I'll mention one more thing, maybe for the Cousins stackers to consider. Um, Irv Jones, or sorry, Irv Smith is min price, 2500 He caught three targets last week, and he could catch a touchdown as well. Um, just for, for the bigger tournaments, I just don't think anyone would play him. It's funny. I thought that was like a misprint last week because I thought he was out for the year, and I was like, Irv Smith caught three passes? But that's a that's a good uh, it's a good call. He had he played 32 snaps last week. Like if they uh, – Get inside the red zone, um, you know they'll, they they get throw to Irv Smith. He's been out, he was out for ten weeks, but uh, good to see him back um, on the field. Uh, defense this week uh, or in this slate, uh, I think the the obvious one is probably just click on the Bills and you and you hope that Skylar Thompson makes some bad plays. They're thirty three hundred. Uh, the Bengals are uh, Bengals are thirty five hundred. Uh, what are you doing on on defense here? The uh, the Ravens actually the, the interesting one to be at twenty five hundred. You need a really good defense at cheap price, but obviously going against a good quarterback. Uh, what the heck are you doing with your defense uh, with these six choices? Yeah, I think Bills D is going to be crazy popular. Yeah, has um, to be right. Yeah, has to be. Yeah, makes sense against Skyler Thompson. I don't, I don't mind eating that chalk. I'll play some Bills D, but yeah, I think Bengals for about half the ownership would be fine, and yeah. Ravens if you want to punt is f- fine as well. Um, I probably won't play the Vikings, Giants, Dolphins. But again, on these smaller slates, you can play any defense. We've seen one, that. One fumble return for a touchdown or a kickoff return for a touchdown, and we, you're good. I was hoping I was going to hope, and after your Green Bay call with the kick return a couple weeks ago, I was going to hope you'd give me a, a special teams touchdown call because that would have been nice. Um, <laughs> I, I, think I'm actually, I think I'm actually going to go Bengals here if I, can, if I can get to it. I mean, I think that if you can get to Bills, you get to Bengals. only 200 more. I think, like you said, half the, half the roster ship. Um, also going against a backup quarterback. And I think that the key for me is I think that Baltimore will try and get Hundley maybe to do a little more. Like maybe he'll maybe he'll make some mistakes. But I think Miami is going to protect Thompson as much as they can. A lot of short stuff, a lot of quick slants. I think that uh, I think maybe the ability to make the, the trust to make a few more st- mistakes with Huntley maybe helps the, the Bengals defense a little bit. Kind of backwards thinking, but I think that uh, I'd like to go that for for half the half the roster ship as you said. Yep, makes a lot of sense. 
Beautiful. Well, I appreciate everybody listening. Uh, you know, we had a little bit long here, but there's some fun games to talk about. And it's, uh, you know, these short slates, you just got to think about a lot more players on each team where, you know, you can't cross off games, can't cross off positions. So uh, I think we kind of hit it all, but uh, looking forward to the game should be, uh, should be fun. Vikings, uh, Vikings, Giants, uh, weirdly is the most interesting game that, and uh, I guess Jaguars Chargers too, should be pretty fun on Saturday night, but uh, always, uh, always fun to have playoff games. We always have the Cowboys and Buccaneers, the big Monday night game too. We didn't, we didn't do the showdown slate there, but that's a, uh, should be a fun weekend of games. Yeah, definitely. Um, nice to come back and do a show for these games. Uh, yeah. Great. yeah, great great to have football on Saturday and Sunday again, even with my Packers not in the playoffs. Love watching playoff football and love playing these smaller slates. So, uh, you, you know, you're probably like me, like once your team is out. But who do you – who are you – do you have like a team you're pulling for in this? Um, I like Purdy and the Niners uh, nice. from the like NFC. That. You know, I, I, I'd like to see them get to the Super Bowl. Um as far, uh, other than that, I, I'm, a, I'm a Joe Burrow guy. I'd like to see the Bengals get back. But I just want to see good games. You know, it would yeah, be nice too. to see Chiefs-Bills again. Everybody wants Chiefs-Bills, and we might get it uh, in a dome in Atlanta. <laughs> yep. So, I mean, I mean, they that was an epic game last, last yep. season, uh, even the season before. Um, so, yeah, I'm just excited to watch some good football. Those those top three teams in the AFC are really damn good, and like Bengals won eight in a row. Like they're all hot right now. Whoever, who I guess it would be uh, Bengals Bills in the second that second week. Like that's an insanely good second week game. Yeah, it's gonna be a treat to watch. Yeah, and then it's just it should be fun. But thanks everyone for listening. We appreciate you uh, jumping on with us for one more podcast. We figure we would uh, we would uh, do this one because there's so many games. There, there are six games this weekend. So I want to thank everyone for listening, both now and all season long. It's been the RotoWire Fantasy Football Podcast, the DFS version. Uh, if you want to follow us on Twitter, I am at Scott Jensen. Ryan's at Ryan Belongi. Belongi is B E L O N G I A. Uh, we'll be talking. We're talking football up until kickoff. There, if there's any injuries, or we'll look for the Niners' weather and stuff. So, hit up any questions there. Other than that, hope everybody has a uh, good weekend. Enjoys the playoff games. Take care. Yeah, thanks, Scott. Good luck, everybody. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team. You won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.